good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now previously we read chapter 1. Now at the end of chapter 1, Paul said basically he prayed for them to be worthy of their calling and that God would fulfill every desire for goodness and complete their every work of faith and that the Lord Jesus would be glorified in them because they were persevering through some persecution. They were standing firm in their faith and he was commending them for that. Now I am reading in the Amplified Bible and we're going to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed, either by a so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit, or a message, or a letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Obviously, someone had tried to trick them or someone else and he's warning them not to be fooled but um, obviously someone had told them that the day of the Lord had already occurred or that the day of the Lord yeah I guess that Jesus had already returned and so that was done and over with and I guess they were unsettled or alarmed or scared of that someone anyway I mean this must have bothered someone so Paul was warning them you know, not to be fooled. So, oh, and here we go. Let's go verse 3. Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is, the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the Antichrist, the one who is destined to be destroyed who opposes and exalts himself so proud and so insolently above every so-called good, no, above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. Now that's kind of long to read. I'm sorry I'm I mean, this bad habit of smacking my lips for some reason. I apologize for that. Anyway, nonetheless, um, so notice he says that the great apostasy comes first and that the way they're defining that here to me is uh, there must be a great abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. Now, that's the way they're stating it here. Um, I look at it as really... If you look in today's world and you see, I'm not trying to be super negative or anything, but I think we see largely uh, Christianity appears to be, you know, kind of on the downswing, you know, kind of declining. Um, people are not listening to God as much. They're not open to God as much. Uh, there's more atheism and that's just the way of things. There's more of people listening to people's own wisdom. Um, you know, that's the way it appears to me, the way it seems to me. Uh, and it appears to me that we're heading that way because, you know, Jesus said that it will be as in the days of Noah. Well, as in the days of Noah, I, I look back on that and I see that 
All the world was continually thinking evil except Noah, Noah and his family. Though actually, it actually says that Noah was found to be <laughs> righteous. It doesn't really say his whole family was, but through Noah, his family was saved. So I'm not sure that his whole family was righteous. We'll, we'll read that when we get around to Genesis, but Lord willing. But um, nonetheless, uh, so I think we're heading that way to this, this great apostasy. And, and there are Christians who have fallen away, but there are atheists who have turned and became Christians. So I can't say that right now we have a large amount of professed Christians abandoning the faith. Though maybe there are. Maybe there are a large amount of Christians that just aren't really following the faith and they just say, say they're Christians. I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. And I certainly can't judge everyone on that. So, But... Uh, but I believe, you know, we're heading that way. I, d I don't think, as some people would say, we're there. And I, I don't think we're there. There's a lot of good people in the world still. There's a lot of people who are godly and trying to follow God. And I think with his grace and mercy, he would still find a lot of people are uh, righteous. And, uh, you know, only, only through Jesus, only through his grace and mercy, like I said. But still, uh, that's, that's what counts, right? So, anyway, I'm going to move on. I don't have a lot to say about like the Antichrist and him setting himself up and saying he's God. I, I don't know of anybody who's doing that, so I can't speak to that. Um, I'm imagining this is a, a this as a future event. So, so I'm going to continue on, and Paul talks further to them, reminding them of when he was with them. Verse 5, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now from being revealed. It is so that he will be revealed at his own appointed time. Now, I don't know what Paul is referring to here. Maybe someone else would know. He says, and you know what restrains him now from being revealed. It is so that he will be revealed at his own appointed time. I assume he's talking about the Antichrist, but I'm not clear on that, so I'm not sure. Verse 7, he goes on, For the mystery of lawlessness, rebellion against divine authority, and the coming reign of lawlessness is already at work, but it is restrained only until he who now restrains it is taken out of the way. Well, I would imagine in this sense, when I read it this way now that I've read it and, and looked at it again, I would imagine that he who now restrains it would be the Lord, Jesus, and when there's not enough believers here, there's not enough of the body of Christ here, then I would consider that to be one way that we would be, we as the body of Christ would be taken out of the way. I just That's just a supposition though, I don't want to, that's just the way it kind of sounds to me. I don't want to say that that's, ooh, that's the way it is. That's just a thought. It's just my idea at that moment reading that that's how it sounded to me so i don't want to put things out there as fact when i don't know they're fact okay so that's why i'm saying that the way i am right here when i just read it that's kind of the way it sounds to me but i don't want to present that as fact okay just my thought so verse 8 then the lawless one the antichrist will be revealed and the lord jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the appearance of his coming. 
The coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power all kinds of counterfeit miracles and deceptive signs and false wonders, all of them lies, and by unlimited seduction to evil and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing because they did not welcome the love of the truth of the gospel so as to be saved they were spiritually blind and rejected the truth that would have saved them we do see some of this in the world today now i'm not again i'm not going to say that it's all done and over and we're in the last days and you know i'm not going to say that i don't know when jesus is coming back but we can say that we can see some of this there is a lot of seduction to evil in the world a lot way too much i mean it catches us it catches us as christians off guard sometimes and we get sucked into things that we shouldn't be involved in but but we're not perfect we're human still and that's why we have god's grace and mercy thank thank the lord but you know um there is a lot of that out there already i i'm i i guess it can get a lot worse i'm just not sure and i'm not sure about the counterfeit miracles and the deceptive signs and false wonders um i've always believed though that whenever this person or whatever comes up and says they're god or they claim to be jesus or the messiah or whatever well we're going to know that they're not because when jesus comes back <laughs> it's it's like it's said in uh, other verses i mean we're all going to know he's going to appear in the sky and boom the whole world's going to know there's not going to be any doubt the lord has returned so anything less than that and he's not i don't think he's going to need to tell us we're going to see that boom we're all going to know that he has returned it's it's going to be boom at least that's the way it reads to me in the uh the other other verses when it says he's coming and with a loud uh, is it a loud trump or a loud you know something to that and with great glory we're going to know it's going to be boom so if he doesn't show up in any way if he if whoever it is claims to be god and doesn't show up like that then they're they can't be real at least in my mind um, however, we do have to be careful and not to follow angels and things like that. Like I said, this will be a worldwide event when Jesus comes back. Boom. Everyone will know. Everyone will see this. It will be all at once. So that's what I believe. All right. Again, from the verses I've read, I believe that is correct. But there may be other things we need to study in that. So, all right. Anyway, and we see people rejecting, you know, rejecting the gospel. We see people being blind to uh, God, and they would rather believe the God of science. I'm not knocking science. Science is a valuable tool. All these knowledge, math, science, all these things, health, all that stuff is good stuff that we all need and thank God for them. But when we make anything else our God and follow it solely, or we follow it the most, but basically if you're not following God the most and you're following something else, then, you know, that's the problem. That is a problem. Okay, so I'm going to continue on now. 
uh, verse 11. Because of this, God will send upon them a misleading influence, an activity of error and deception, so they will believe the lie in order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe the truth about their sin and the need for salvation through Christ, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. I believe now... Now, the way Paul states this is God will send them a misleading influence. You know, and, and he lists all this, but instead they took pleasure in unrighteousness. I, I think they're... I think this again goes back to the way things work. The way God made things to work is that we reap what we sow. So I think when you follow these deceptions and you get into unrighteousness and you take pleasure in it and you continue doing it, I think that builds this misleading influence through the way God set things to work. Now, I'm just saying that's kind of how I think, how I believe things work. However, I'm not discounting what Paul says because of this God will send upon them a misleading influence an activity of error and deception so they will believe the lie. It's because they're already rejecting God anyway. And they would not accept the truth. But I, part of me tends to believe that while this is stated as in God will actively do this to them, I think really more than likely just due to the way God has things set up so that you know, we reap what we sow, and when we are sowing into good things, we get good things back. But when you sow into bad things, you get bad things back. I think that's how most things tend to work. I don't think God really will blind us or mislead us simply because of some random whatever, or because he's full of mercy and grace and love, so I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, well, God must have blinded me, so it's God's fault. I don't think that's the way anything works, okay? I think this all gets back to God, the way God set things up to work to begin with. So, so in a way, you know, you really, it's, it's, it's really all ultimately so that we can take responsibility for ourselves and we can make our choices, but we have to take responsibility for those choices ultimately. Now, that is just the way I look at things and the way I believe things. Verse 13. But we should and are morally obligated as debtors to always give thanks to God for you, believers beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Spirit that sets you apart for God's purpose and by your faith in the truth of God's word that leads you to spiritual maturity. It was to this end he called you through our gospel, the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, so that you may obtain and share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold tightly to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now you notice they had to, they did not have the Bible, so a lot of things were word of mouth or these letters and epistles that they they sent. And that's one reason I think he warned them about false letters and epistles above where he says, you know, don't be unsettled or alarmed by an uh, alleged letter or message from us. So it's something to be aware of. It would be easier back then to fool people and to cause trouble for them. So verse 16, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father 
who has loved us and given us everlasting comfort and encouragement and the good, well-founded hope of salvation by His grace, comfort and encourage and strengthen your hearts, keeping them steadfast and on course in every good work and word. So every every chapter, this chapter two, sounds like the end of a short little letter. Maybe Paul wrote these these uh, we you know we have them broken into chapters, but maybe Paul wrote these sections like day to day over a couple of days or something. Because it it almost sounds like he he does a little bit and then he he says you know he kind of gives them like a little closing paragraph almost, saying you know here again he's he's basically praying for them. May our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father, um, you know, strengthen your hearts. I'm skipping over some of that, but comfort and courage and strengthen your hearts. You know, he's saying, you know, may, may God help you and strengthen you and comfort you in these times. So, and that's a, it's a very nice blessing to give. It just makes it sound like it's the end, but we know it's not the end. We know we still have another chapter to go. So, that is the end of chapter 2, however. I didn't say that, but it is. So, I want to thank you for listening. I think we've really covered everything here, and I probably spoke too long, maybe, about some things. But, uh, I do want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.